0: Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. I am joined by a man who uh, came on this podcast, I'd say, nine or ten months ago, we made NFL predictions. He, of course, hosts The Wrap on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio, basically. He carries the channel, and that is Patrick (laughs) Maher. Patrick, thank you very much for coming back, my friend.
1: Bro, thanks for having me. How'd those predictions go, by the way? Uh, I think you had Seattle. You You did
0: pretty well, actually. There were moments that were good. Like, I picked Seattle to make the playoffs. Great. Let's have a party. I was high on the Chicago Bears. Great. But at the end of the day, I think that I missed probably more than I I got. So I
1: know I did.
0: I know I did. I'm already thinking about baseball predictions. The the big baseball prediction I had this year was that without Bryce Harper, the Washington Nationals were going to take off. They're going to win the division and maybe even go on a deep postseason. I thought they
1: were loaded. I thought that I I agree with you. You
0: thought so too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus it just would have been perfect. Here's Bryce Harper, face of the team, franchise guy, leaves as a free agent and they get better. I remember the Mariners after they lost A Rod and Griffey a few years earlier and Randy Johnson. They put together that incredible two thousand one regular season where they won hundred and sixteen games. So I was thinking it but it hasn't worked out. They sucked the Nationals.
1: Yeah, I thought Soto and Rendon and Turner, they've just they've had injuries like they do every year. And then they haven't gotten the pitching at the top half either. It's and, been and their bullpen is all time bad.
0: Their bullpen is a giant dumpster fire. Would be the best way to do look do, at now, it.
1: Now let me ask you this, bro. Did you put together for the baseball predictions? Okay. Yeah. Did you put together the spreadsheet? Yeah. And put it in the binder.
0: Of course. Of course. Dude, I did. save all of this. Cra- I save all this crap. Now here's the funny thing. Because what we're are you going to do with it one day? Nothing. Burn it. <laughs> I mean, have a bonfire. Kindling. Probably. <laughs> Now maybe my son will grow up and say, "You know what? I want to see. I want to see how big of a loser my dad was, and I'm going to look at how he kept spreadsheets of predictions and just weird weird." Here's all I know. My son was walking around Disney World repeating the name Pete Alonzo over and over that's again. That's a
1: tremendous job. <laughs> now here's where before we get into the hoops because that's what we're going to do. Yeah, eventually. I want I want to start with this. Can we start with Jet? You, your wife at Disney World? Yeah. And the reason I start here, you might not even remember this. About 10 years ago, maybe more than 10 years ago, you were on my show, and you told a story about Disney World. I now, did. you, now just to be honest, just to be clear, you loved Disney World. Yes. Your favorite part was you could have a beer and go around the world. Yes. Okay? yes. But here, for your audience, this is what people need to understand about Evan. He's a great guy, but a weird guy. I'm pretty sure, bro, you went to Disney World with a girl you broke up with. Wait, hold on now. Hold on, you you two had the the trip booked. You broke up, right? And then you still went to Disney World together, not as a couple. (laughs)
0: That that is a true story. (laughs) You know, you know what's funny about that? I it shows you how I remember certain things. My biggest memory of that trip was on the toilet. Okay, I was on the toilet. And I watched Jeremy Lin in the height of sanity hit a game-winning shot against the Toronto Raptors. Fitting, very fitting. And then I got out of the bathroom, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Jeremy Lin hit this shot. But that was, yes, a very awkward, but, hey, we booked it. Let's just do it kind of Disney vacation. This was a little bit different, I must say. You were probably hiding in the bathroom because you were with a chick you broke <laughs> up with. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a part of it. And I'd rather watch Jeremy Lin in a game-winning 18-footer.
1: <laughs> so, of- <laughs> so wait, let's see how things have changed. You went with a chick like the week before you broke up with her. You went to Disney World with her right. and then you were hanging on the toilet watching Jeremy Lin. Yes. Ten years later, you go back with your beautiful wife and a child and everything's different. Everything's better. Oh my better God. It was,
0: let me tell you something. I, I did have a few drinks at Epcot Center, I, I didn't have a drink in every country because that's the whole joke. If you go of to Le Epcot Mon? Center, no. So, here's the way it works Have you been to Epcot Center? No. All right. This is going to turn into a Disney podcast, and that's completely fine. Who cares? Mm-hmm. So, they've got different countries at Epcot Center where they make believe it's France, it's Morocco, it's China, it's Mexico. And you're a big Canada. world guy. I'm a, I love the world. Why not? And so, and this isn't just me, I didn't create this. Mm. People like to go to each country and have a beer. By the time you get halfway across the world, you're freaking wasted. I mean, that's, <laughs> it's the God honest truth. Well, the
1: world is... I'm, not, I'm breaking news here. The world is big. It's
0: big, man. So I've done that with my wife before we got married. We went around the world, had a beer in each country. By the time we got to Canada, Canada, we were half in a bag. I mean, right. my sister right. was there, too. She was you know, talking to my now wife about all these secrets she had. It was unbelievable. We weren't going to do it this time, obviously with the youngin. But I did have a beer in Norway, if I'm not Tremendous. mistaken. What'd you have? I don't even remember something I can't pronounce. Did you Now, this
1: seems to be a theme that you like to test chicks out by taking them to Disney World
0: <laughs> no, and taking we were, them around the world. It's not a test. As you pointed out, in the initial one, we, bro, we were broken up. There was no test. It was right. over. Yeah. It was basically paid for the vacation, may as well go kind of thing.
1: So is it enjoy? Now, listen, Jet's the cutest thing ever, so it's enjoyable watching them. But is, does it get a little tiresome after? I mean, because it just seems like when I hear stories from parents that go to Disney World or Disneyland, At a certain point, you just want to kill yourself.
0: Here's the thing, all right, and I know this is going to sound really, really cheesy, okay? I get that. You may even roll your eyes, but this is the God honest truth. I think all of us are in many ways selfish, right? We put ourselves first. When you have a kid, it is the first time where you actually look at another human being and say, I don't care about myself, I don't give a damn. And I think my experience at Disney, my wife's experience at Disney, was a perfect example of that. I did not care. My focus was getting this kid to smile, laugh, and have a good time. So when we saw Lightning McQueen's car studio, not kidding, bro, five times in a row... (laughs) I loved it because he was so freaking happy. He was as happy as I would be if the Mets, Nets, Jets ever won a championship. It was the greatest thing ever. So as tired as I was, and it was only two full days there, bro. It's not like I spent a week there. But after two full days, as tired as I was, he kept saying, red car. Disney World. I would
1: just like to clarify to those of you that listen to Evan's podcast, which, I mean, listen, it's at the top of the iTunes start. Everybody does. (laughs) But here's the point. He's trying to make – we're best friends, but he's trying to make me feel bad. He's got a beautiful wife, a tremendous kid, and he's hanging out at Disney World. I'm 41 and single, drinking at home by myself. So he's trying to say I'm selfless. I'm living for another. What is wrong with you, bro? It's basically what that whole story was. By
0: the way, on a serious note, you should go to Epcot Center and just pick up women. I'm telling you, there have got to (laughs) be... MILFs?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I don't think many single chicks are hanging out at Epcot. Here's
0: why you're wrong, Okay. Disney's a cult, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Oh, I
1: know what you mean. No, totally.
0: People are obsessed. I can't tell you how many just teenagers, twenty-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, milfs. As you said, well, you said. forget I
1: have it out here in Ocean, in Orange County. Yeah, it's true. You see have it. you been now? Here's the here's the question, bro. Have you? Because I know you and Sylvia came out here, but Jet hasn't been out here. Are you planning on making the trip to compare and contrast the world to the land?
0: I could see it. Someday. It's, it's I mean, tremendous.
1: I've gone. Now, here at Disneyland, there's, there's two sides. There's the side where, you know, the Hogwarts or whatever that's called. I'm not a big into all this kind of, oh, uh, Harry Potter. There you go. And then you go on to the other side. And it's for the adults, the right. rides, the drinks, the cocktails. So I, I like that side, but it's it's actually pretty cool. I've been probably five times since I've been out here in five well, years. Well, that's the
0: original. I mean, that is old school. Disneyland. I didn't even know
1: which one was the original.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They the Walt Disney built that thing first, and then when he went to Orlando, they made this just world. I mean, no pun intended because they have... All these different theme parks. It's Magic Kingdom. It's Disney Animal Kingdom. It's uh, the movie studios with Lightning McQueen, where I saw that show fifty-seven times red in a row. Red car, red car, red car. That's There's, so cute, though. Oh no, it was it was a very very fun time.
1: Here's, can I ask you a question? Do you? Okay, so I think we should start this way. I'm gonna. I'm, for those that don't know, I'm a, I'm a gambler. Some say degenerate. I say it depends on if I'm winning or losing. Evan's not. So here's where we should start. If you don't know this, I want you to bet the series price. You want me to guess the series price? So you haven't looked, right? You haven't looked at game one odds, and you haven't looked at the series price no, on Warriors I have Raptors. Not. I okay. have not. So let's do it this way. What do you think the series price is? And you know how this works, right? Yes, so, yes. for example, yes. Warriors are going to be favored, but how much to win $100? Minus
0: 230 It's not bad. What was the answer?
1: It's 290. 290? And, but I'll tell you this. A couple of weeks ago, Vegas had it set at minus 400. If Toronto had advanced, the Warriors would be 4-1. to
0: one. I'll tell you exactly why that's changed. Okay? Here's why it's changed. It's this recency bias that we all have. Of course. We have forgotten that the Golden State Warriors play basketball, just like many people forgot already how good Kevin Durant is. Because I get it. The Warriors can win without him. We all knew that. That's not a surprise. That's not breaking news. They have a championship pedigree. And we've seen guys, not just Steph Curry, step up without Kevin Durant. But now we have this bias of, oh, they're better without Kevin Durant. Which they're is just, different. They're di- yes, that's the word. They're different. They're not better. Are they winning games without Kevin Durant? Sure. But you know what? I'll tell you this. If Kevin Durant played, they win game five against the Rockets. If Kevin Durant plays, they win game six in Houston. If Kevin Durant plays, they annihilate the Portland yeah, Trailblazers. Yeah, that was
1: sweet the way it went down in game five in Houston, because I can't stand Houston. No, no, I can't do, stand watching him play. I love the whole entire way that it happened. It was, I interrupted you, but go ahead. No,
0: it was sweet, but the point is the result would have been the same. Agreed. Oh, so as opposed to jumping on the... Hey, they're better without Kevin Durant. They're not be- They're different. You're 100% right. I think what Steph Curry showed you over the last how many games? It's been five and a half, six and a half games is when he needs to step up and be that elite player, he can do it. He hasn't had to over the last three years because Kevin Durant's one of the best players on the planet. So I think there's a recency bias there, and there's a recency bias with the Toronto Raptors because they just disposed of a team that I think a lot of us thought were going to waltz right through the Eastern Conference, especially after they won four straight games against the Celtics. So that number, long-winded answer to the whole money line on this thing, is a complete recency bias to the fact that the Raptors have played and won recently, and the Warriors haven't had to lift a finger okay, in the last okay, month. Okay,
1: well, well, two things based on what you said. One, this little five-game stretch from Steph is one of the great stretches in NBA history, and this whole entire playoff run from Kwai in 73 years, it's up there. I mean, he what he's doing right now is insane. Okay, let's go back. You said series price, correct. You pretty much got it. So then let's go Thursday. Remember, East Toronto home court. What's the number on Thursday?
0: Even. It's either even or it's a point either way. I'm not that sure is, which way.
1: For a guy that really doesn't throw cash, that is tremendous. Toronto is favored by one.
0: Well, you know what's funny? I want to get to this, too, because before this season started, the one thing I do like to throw cash on is seasonal bets. Yeah, you, you know? like
1: the long sweat.
0: Yeah, it, I like the long sweat. Keep jerk. me
1: interested.
0: I like the foreplay, bro. All right. (laughs) Well, that's
1: that's not what the first one in Disneyland said.
0: (laughs) Disney World. Yeah, same thing. I like that foreplay of a long season. So, and I said this on the air. Who knows if people remember, care, listened, whatever. At the beginning of the year, there was a number that jumped out at me. And I said, oh, my God, I got to get all over this. I couldn't believe it was real. At the beginning of the season before a game had been played, the Milwaukee Bucks were 30 to 1 to win the East. 30 to 1. Now, think about that for a second. 30 That's a wild number. It was a wild number. Now, at the time, most people didn't think it was that wild because if you go back to October, the thought about the Eastern Conference was this is the Boston, Boston. Celtics Conference. They got to a conference finals. Now Kyrie is healthy. Now Gordon Hayward is healthy. Oh, my God, Jason Tatum in year two. Jalen Brown's amazing. Brad Stevens is the greatest coach of all time. And LeBron left. I think the view of Toronto was, yeah, they're good, but they're still Toronto. Who knows about Nick Nurse? Kawhi's okay. Again, recency bias.
1: Kawhi coming off the injury, not playing.
0: Yeah, they forgot who he was. Everybody forgot how freaking awesome Kawhi Leonard was. So that recency bias. The Bucs, yeah, they're cute, but they lost in the first round of the Celtics. Remember, the Celtics didn't have all Took their key seven. players. They did. And they they also really
1: didn't have a coach. Why I think 30 to 1 is crazy, though, is because the conference no longer had LeBron. So oh. I, love, I love your bet because that's a crazy number for no LeBron.
0: Absolutely. And the other view I had about it was take your pick, Kawhi Giannis, best player in the Eastern Conference. And I'm always a believer, not always, but most of the time best player on the floor, that team will probably win. And I thought going into the season, the Bucs have a case for having the best player in the East. We didn't know what Kawhi was going to be coming off the injury. He was great, even though they had a lot of those, you know, maintenance days. And so I thought the Bucs were this completely underappreciated team at the beginning of the season. But as you saw, bro, they played so well that by December, they were the favorites. Oh, yeah. And so that number completely changed. But... I never made the bet. I talked about making the bet. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. I All never of this made the bet. you just
1: waste. You're wasting my my Memorial Day when I'm trying to <laughs> honor those that protected and serve. You wasted it with I didn't make the bet. I didn't make the bet. But they- <laughs> what if, I mean, so you're saying you thought about making a bet? I That's th- the story. I
0: thought about making the bet. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to
1: tell you. No, like,
0: but bro, I, I wouldn't have won it. They yeah.
1: lost. Well, c- good for you. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> hey let's take it on a whole level too. Yes. I I don't know about you, but I look at it like this. I either need action on a game or I don't. Saturday night I didn't need to bet on it. I've been into this post season, bro. Yeah. There's and it's really I understand the the, the league's getting killed with ratings because LeBron's not in it and the east is just However, as far as intrigue for us I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed this postseason. Last year, I couldn't have been more bored by a postseason. This year, I've really enjoyed it.
0: I've enjoyed it, too, because I think the East, like you mentioned, created this intrigue that was better without LeBron. You know, I think this conference all season long, as we, we talked about going into the year with what the odds look like, has felt wide open. I mean, I think there are moments in which throughout this regular season, you could have talked yourself in. To one of five different teams winning the East, including Indiana before all the depot got hurt. They defended yeah. incredibly well. Oh, and you right. could have at least talked yourself into it. And then Boston, ah, they'll be fine. They'll be ready for the playoffs. Kyrie kept telling us that. The Bucks, because of what we talked about, the Raptors because of Kawhi, and obviously Philadelphia, after they made those big deals specifically for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, I think you could have talked yourself into all five. And then I think what really took this postseason to another level was the Game 7 between Toronto and Philadelphia. Because that's one of those games, one of those moments, where I think we're going to remember where we were. We're going to remember I, that I think shot. the shot's
1: a little overrated.
0: How? Because it was tied? Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, I just, it just wasn't a sudden death situation.
0: It wasn't sudden death because it goes to overtime, and I think the Raptors win anyway. But I think just the drama of that. The game ball, was great.
1: You're right about that. The last few minutes were just hold your breath.
0: The, the last few minutes, the way they tied the game, Jimmy Butler, it's like forgot. Great about. drive
1: to the hoop, I, who I do not like.
0: No, I, I'm mixed about him. It's love, hate. I, I guess I'm getting I ready to say him. I don't
1: like him. You understand what I
0: mean? No, I get it. I thought I saw Jimmy Butler at Disney World, by the way. I did not. I thought I did.
1: Wait, 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 maybe we should move on from that comment. What do you mean you thought you saw Jimmy Bob? Well, I, I think
0: a part of it is that I actually legitimately saw Joel Embiid on the streets of Manhattan two days after they eliminated I think you know
1: if you saw Joel Embiid's rather I did. Large.
0: No, I, 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 I did. I took a oh, picture. Oh, you did see him? No, I'm not, I'm not screwing around. I definitely did. I have a picture. Did Australia. you tell him that you were Evan Roberts? No, I w- <laughs> Did I tell him I was Evan Roberts? Yeah. <laughs> and that would have gotten me what? He uh, said, oh, okay, uh, who the hell are you? It's <laughs> just a <the> redhead walking up to Joel. I was driving down the street of Manhattan. I looked to my right, and there's a seven-footer, and it's, clear, it's clearly Joel Embiid. Right. So I think I was just feeling confident like, hey, I'm seeing these NBA players, and there was a guy who had to have been six 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 seven, had the Jimmy Butler haircut, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, Jimmy Butler's at Disney World. And then he turned around, and he was a lot older, so it wasn't Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So, yeah. so two, short, two no.
1: main takeaways from this pod so far, you almost made a bet and you almost saw Jimmy Butler, <laughs> but
0: I did see Joel Embiid, <laughs> but that well, game, I mean,
1: it is New York city. It's crazy that he'd be hanging out there.
0: That ga- I know <laughs> that game and that moment. And it wasn't cause you're right. I'm, I tend to be with you. If it's a tie game, and you're taking a game-winning buzzer-beater shot. It's a lot different than when you're down by a point or down by two. I completely agree with you, but I think it was the way the ball freaking. I don't even think the that's rim. the
1: biggest. I don't even think that's the biggest moment. The Dame Dagger and Wave to me was the apex as far as drama of the of the postseason. That honestly, yeah, that, but that was, me, just, was
0: bro. That was a tie game too. That was the same thing.
1: That's right, it was. You're right about that. I don't know why. I just That series had everything for me because I think Russ adds so much to the intrigue and the storylines. But that's what I'm saying. The fact that we can both throw one out, it really does highlight that this has been a pretty tremendous postseason.
0: Lillard hit a game-winning series-winning shot against Dallas a couple of years ago, and that he was down by, I think, a point or two. And I agree with you. I think that's cooler. I'm just saying... The way that shot went down, I mean, just think about it. The way he throws it up, it bounces off of the rim five. You don't even see that shot that often during the course of a regular game. And it didn't look good from his
1: fingers. Yeah, you're right about it. It just never looked good. It got that first bounce that was correctional. You know what I mean? It got that first bounce where you're like, oh, this has a shot. But when it came out of his hand with Embiid closing out, and and Kawhi has that weird because he wasn't a jump shooter coming out of college. He has that weird line drive. It just it goes in because you can tell he's a hard ass worker. Yeah. But I yeah I I, I that that was but he, you and I used to take road trips all the time. Now here's one we never took, and I wish we would have because I wanted you to see this. Back in the day, me and my friends from Detroit used to drive up to Toronto, and I, I would always tell people the because you think Toronto, you think Maple Leafs. I'm telling you right now bro the one of the best experiences you'll ever have at a sporting event is a Toronto
0: Raptor basketball game. Oh I know. They're insane there. I've been to one Toronto Raptor game in Toronto. And it was game seven, first round Nets-Raptors. Oh, that's right. You did go. Where the Nets escaped by the skin of whatever. Their teeth? Is that the phrase? I think skin you're supposed your, to say chinny-chin-chin, chin, but we'll move on. Yeah, over your what? And they survived game seven. Obviously, then they got beat up by Miami in five. But it was it's an great, incredible great atmosphere. And they were yeah. classy because my team won a game seven. And they were congratulating me on the way out as if I had played. Right. And I thought that was very, very good of them. But no, that is a... That's a hungry crowd. That's a desperate crowd. And that's the key word. They're desperate because if you remember, I don't know if you saw it. I thought it was one of the coolest intros I had seen for opening night. Uh, The local station in Toronto put together this intro, basically reminding their fans how Bosch rejected them, how VC rejected them, McGrady rejected them. And who cares about what this new guy's going to do next year? Appreciate that he's here right now. He's one of the Live best the players moment. on the planet, and let's just let... The goal isn't the first round. The goal isn't the second round. The goal isn't the... The goal is to win the whole damn thing, and it was... It got me excited. I'm not even a Raptor fan, obviously, and so I thought about the desperation that these fans and this franchise has, because Masai made that trade for Kawhi Leonard. He threw a Hail Mary into the end zone, and I thought it was completely worth it, and I want to touch on that, that whole idea of making the trade that they made, they have to win. No-brainer. They were going to have to blow it up anyway. DeRozan's...
1: What, I mean, they were going to have to blow the team up anyway, so why not make a trade? Because if he leaves, you're going to have to retool. If he stays, you're set for 10 years.
0: I complain. That, that was my thought. And I... For some reason, and I guess it's the Popovich-RC-Buford syndrome, where you assume anything the Spurs do, they're, they're right, yeah, they're totally, smart. Totally. I thought that was an incredibly dumb trade by the San Antonio Spurs. Because... The Raptors are trying to win a championship, and they're giving themselves a shot, and if they don't, like you said, you rid yourself of the DeRozan contract, and you blow the whole thing up, and that's it. You gave it your best shot. You're not winning with Tamar DeRozan as your best player. It's not happening. Like the guy, it's not happening. No, <laughs> no. And so the Spurs made that deal for what? To have a veteran team that's to seven or eight or six seed in the West and go nowhere? So I loved it from a side, but if you remember, bro, when that deal first went down, they were not getting overwhelming positive reviews for it.
1: Yeah, and I also think that there was some bitterness there in San Antonio and the Popovich thing. Popovich had such a level with equity as far as respect and the FU type vibe that I think he said, hey, whatever, let's get rid of him. We don't care about sending him to Toronto. That was one of their things, right. send him somewhere they didn't mind. And he thought he could win with, you know, a mid range guy in DeRozan, which isn't going to happen. Um, but I, it, it, you're right because I think that people were reticent really about how he was going to come back from essentially a year off. And now here we are where it's like, and the idea of, Oh, would you do it all again? If you don't end up when, of course you do First off, We we live in this fantasy sports world where we're, we're all GMs and like, what's the next 10 years going to be. And you forget about the fact that the goal is to win. Now, if Toronto wins a championship now and he pieces out, it was all worth it. Totally.
0: Uh, I think we got to the point now where they're in the NBA Finals. If they lose this series, as Vegas expects, and I think most people expect they're going to lose this series, and then he, as you say, pieces out and goes to the Clippers or wherever he ends up. That seems to be the team everyone talks about, but if he ends up with the LA Clippers and they got to an NBA Finals, is it worth it? I think it goes back to the first thing that you said. You weren't winning with DeMar DeRozan, so if Kawhi Leonard leaves, fine, blow it up. Get rid of Kyle Lowry, even sell off guys like Pascal Siakam and OG if he comes back, and get even younger and get more assets. I think they might actually picks. build around Siakam. I think they probably will too. I'm just suggesting that that's. But not you're the right about the Rosen. Also, they got rid of a contract that was horrible. Exactly. And they got. Yeah, it
1: was it was a great move all the way around.
0: It was. And I don't think they're in a position. They're desperate because this is the window to win an NBA title. If Kawhi leaves, the window closes. If Kawhi stays great, they've probably got a couple more years. They got to go out and win an NBA title. But if they don't any leaves, they still gave it their best shot and they didn't mortgage their future. They didn't give up future first round picks. They didn't pull a Billy King-esque deal, they basically said, look, it's a heartless business. DeMar was great in Toronto. We wanted to be there. That's fine. They weren't winning with him. And I think it's obvious, as we've seen throughout this playoff run, Kawhi's a superstar. And if you forgot he was a superstar or you thought he was a, quote, system player, which was the biggest bunch of BS I'd heard for years... I think he's reminding you that he's a hell of a lot more than that.
1: And you've always said this. You've always told me. I remember back in the day, you would say, you know, things aren't probably aren't as bad as you think they are. They're probably not as good as you think they are. They're probably somewhere in the middle. And when the when the trade happened, I think most people were tripping out about the fact that Lowry really reacted badly. DeRozan's his best friend. Right. Are you going to get a petulant Lowry? The whole and immediately, it's just like, what's the chemistry going to be like? And eventually, just things generally start to work their way through. And generally, especially with the winning, now you're seeing a Lowry that's never played better. Because here's the thing, bro, that we need to discuss. And I want to ask you a hypothetical about your Nets. But here's what we need to discuss about Kawhi. The question is, is he a playmaker? First off, all of of his assists in that game, uh, what was it, game six, We're kickouts to three pointers. I mean, he is—he's doing literally everything at this point. He's a playmaker. He's a leader. He's a tremendous rebounder. He's now an assist guy. He's a jump shooter, and so that brings me to this: your Nets. And I know this is a cheesy hypothetical, but whatever. If you could have KD, Kawhi Leonard, why Kawhi Leonard?
0: I've said that. Have you already discussed that? I've I've brought it up. We did a podcast. If you want to check the archives, previewing. Check the archives. A Brooklyn Nets offseason, and I started. I don't need to the check hole. the archives.
1: I listened as soon as it dropped. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Uh, the hypothetical dream Durant or Kawhi. I've always been, and it's not that Kawhi Leonard is the better all-time player than Kevin Durant. Two-way. I'm not saying that. He's a two-way player, like you said, and at this point, he's younger. <laughs> let's not let's not forget <laughs> well, yeah, about you're, that. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. He's thirty to twenty-seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and that's significant because Kevin Durant's going to be thirty-one on opening night next year. I don't expect either guy. But I've always been a big fan of Kawhi Leonard, and I think in a weird way, Greg Popovich made him underrated because there was this sense that if you're successful in San Antonio, it's mostly because of the system. That pop can get the best out of anybody. The only guy that really got the full respect was Duncan, and and before that, David Robinson, but he was also you know pre-pop to a degree. Everybody else, ah, it's about pop. He's so great. He can make anybody fantastic. And I think Kawhi... Was underappreciated because of that. So this has
1: put him on another tier all time.
0: No question. You're right,
1: because it's a great point by you about coming away from the system, but proving away from the system that his game's even gone to another level is putting him it's he's in another conversation right now.
0: And and here's the thing, and you just touched on it about the assists he was getting, the kick out and drives. If you look at a lot of the Philadelphia series and even the early part of this series, he wasn't getting help. You know, there were performances by Siakam where he disappeared. How bad was Fred Van Fleet in moments? Very random.
1: He was, yep. You're, everybody was random on the team. You're right. Yeah.
0: Van Fleet's been so much better. How about his performance in game well, he had six? seven threes. Yeah. I mean, he's had threes all over the place. He couldn't buy a shot in the Philadelphia series. And, and had, in by team. the way,
1: your boy, Lopez, disappeared in that series.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, Brooke had his issues. He but had you're his right. struggles. Like,
1: what they have in Toronto is a bunch of vets. But the vets weren't playing. Then all of a sudden, the momentum, like you just mentioned, Van Vliet and Lowry started playing. He was into it. He was
0: aggressive There's some there different look well, to him. You know what and it was all? And it was just awesome. You know what it was for Lowry? And that's the other thing that was so Norman big Powell. Here. Yeah, Norman Powell. Absolutely. How big was he? They started getting cut. That's how they pulled this whole thing off. Because in the Orlando series and the Philadelphia series, they were overly relying on Kawhi Leonard. It was just over the time. That's a good point. And he did it, and God bless him, man. I mean, look what he was able to pull off, but it was too much to beat Milwaukee the way they did. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I'd be the first to tell you. I thought the Bucs were going to the NBA Finals.
1: Well, you had that 30-1 to ticket in your hand, too. (laughs) And the fake one,
0: the fictitious one. (laughs) But it was the bench stepping up, and here's what happened for Lowry. He didn't have to be the guy. And I think with him and DeRozan, there was this sense of, both of them needed to be the guy and both of them yep. consistently, consistently underperformed. And I think in a way, Lowry's been able to relax now knowing, hey, this is clearly Kawhi's team.
1: But how many players in history literally have those type of shoulders where you can carry a team like I mean, th- what he's doing is it, it really is tremendous. And it, listen, he was also doing it on a banged up leg. He played 52 minutes in that in that double overtime, came back, had a bad game the next, but you know, he has been, the minutes he's played, now, he did have load management during the year, and he did miss a year last year. That's another thing about free agency. The team that gets Kawhi is getting a fresh 27-year-old.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing that's also helped him, and it worries me a little bit for the future of this league, that I think load, load management is going to become more in vogue than ever before. And I think that Kawhi's performance throughout this playoffs is going to be cited as a reason why. I, I really believe. It. I think we're going to see more of that.
1: Everything's done differently with the efficiency and trying to maximize productivity.
0: You know how it But is. you know what? I get it. I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not going to complain about it. If I've got, I'm a net fan, and if they could add Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or whoever it is, but a star like that, I promise you I wouldn't complain about load management because I get it. I'd say, hey, I'm going to go to the playoffs anyway. I'm probably going to be a solid." schedule's seed.
1: ridiculous at 82 anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was different. Watching the Nets this year, every game felt like a playoff game. Every game was so important. It was exciting. They had an incredibly exciting season. But as you saw, they needed to win every game they won. You know, they won 42 games. They needed almost all of them. So I didn't look at it that way. But I think if you have a top-level team, which I I hope the Nets can become someday, then I'd be all for load management because it really is about the playoffs. And that's that's what this is all about. No one cares how many wins you have if you're knocked out in the first or second round. Nobody cares.
1: St. Louis Blues, you got to get to the postseason, got to get to the Nets. By the way, maybe the Nets can be elite one day if Kenny gets a defensive specialist because he can't coach defense. Yeah, the, 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 net, not,
0: the net defense this year was not special to say. the least.
1: Why do you why do you ha- I'm going to ask you this because it's a broader thing. Why do you hate bro? Why do you hate Steph Curry?
0: Why do I? <laughs> I don't hate Steph Curry.
1: Everybody does. Can I
0: tell you something odd about Steph Curry? I'm not as physically gifted as you are, right? So you'll go out to the basketball court. You'll go out to the runs, and you'll play, and oh, you'll oh, look yeah. like you belong, okay? Oh, I have a hoop in front of my house, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a hoop at the playground I take Jet to, and, I, and I'll, I'll shoot jump shots, but I, I'm not great. I'm not fantastic. I know that, that shocks you, and that shocks I, everybody. Well,
1: I've, I've seen you shoot. You got a wet jumper.
0: I got a very wet jumper. That lefty stroke <laughs> looks like Chris Mullen. But all I want to do, is take incredibly long three-point shots. All I want to do... Well, is that's what Chet's
1: going to do. You're right.
0: <laughs> all I want to do is run around as if I'm Steph Curry. All I want to do is come off a screen and just throw up an off-balance shot. That's all I want to do. So he has, in many ways, changed the game of basketball in an epic, epic way.
1: And, and you know what else? It's it's like I think it's because you're Your hey, dog is geesy, your dog's geesy, very chill. excited right yeah, now. Yeah, she's just this little white, she's cl- clueless. I think it's also the the players and and players from the past don't like. It's almost like if you come from, I guess he came from a bougie place because his dad made cash, and and it's also, but it's like the Russos of the world also don't like the fact that he's chewing on his mouth guard that he shimmies. It's like I love what I love about Steph Curry is not. Th- just the physical toughness, because that finger's been banged up. But he's just mentally better than you. You know what I mean? He like this is the difference between Houston and Golden State is like I have dudes on my channel that consider th- themselves basketball experts picking Houston. And I'm like, have you ever watched hoops? Like, what, why would you <laughs> pick Houston to beat a team that can just mind death? The like yeah. Curry will just beat you. He scored. Th- he dropped 33 in the second half in a closeout. Yeah, like that. And I and I just sometimes wonder why he's so disrespected, because also modern day we talk about how athletes are so selfish. What he's done, bro, to to allow Kevin Durant to come and be a part of this when we've seen over the last five games what he can do yeah. is really just a fascinating modern it, story about sports. It, it really, really is. is.
0: I mean, the it could have been A-Rod Jeter, and it's not. I mean, mainly because Steph yeah. Curry has said, fine, you know, this will make it easier. We'll win a bunch of championships. I'll still be great, but I don't have to n- nearly do as much. And I think what we've seen, it's been incredible. This is why Steph Curry is one of the great great players of all time. He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. He's one of the great players of all time. We'll see where he ends up all time. You know where we rank him. You know when it's all said. Second and done. best
1: guard of all time. I
0: mean, he may be. He may end up there. Is that he flipped a freaking switch like I've never seen? He saw, And Remember, he
1: wasn't shooting the ball at
0: all. No, no. And look what he did in the Portland series, and what he did in Game Six, and what he did in the final how many minutes of Game Five. Look at his freaking numbers. I know. He flipped the switch. He said. Okay, I need to be Michael Jordan. Okay, oh, right, cool. I'll step up and look. The Warriors dismantled the Trailblazers and they beat the Rockets for a lot of reasons that are underappreciated. Like I think Sean Livingston's played well. How about Kevon Looney? Iguodala, Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green continues to be just awesome. Oh many- come on, <laughs> what?
1: we need to talk? What? Listen, the the thought process about Draymond is he's great because he's on this team. My perspective is. This team's great because Draymond's on it. He's a part
0: of it. He's a well, part he of the team. he just
1: causes
0: chaos. You need that player. Dude. Watch him defensively. He's everywhere. I-, I forget which game it was. No, I think then it was And in transition, game- he's so good. He made every big under-the-radar play, I yes. think, during the final few minutes of Game 6 against the Rockets or Game 5 against the Rockets. I get them all confused now. His numbers don't show you how far— freaking awesome he is.
1: Even though they are a triple-double essentially throughout the postseason. Yeah,
0: but he does more than that. That's, oh, that's he, what's so he, sick hands of Hands
1: everywhere, body everywhere. He's in the best shape of anybody on the court right now.
0: If you think they can just get rid of Draymond Green next year and everything's going to be okay, no, 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 he's no, a no. part of the machine.
1: But also, if you add Draymond to Houston... That's a championship oh, team. Man. That's my point. Yeah, like he and, and to lesser degree somebody like a Rodman back in the day on my Pistons, but he's even better. He's a tremendous handler. Sometimes he's a little erratic with the ball, but that see that's the thing that your point back to Kevin Durant. Yeah, they're just different because when that team's on, people think of them as a three point shooting team. They are that, bro. But it's more in transition. Yep. They'll pull up in transit when the when the Warriors are running. They're unbeatable.
0: Yeah, no question. And I and I think they are unbeatable. And Draymond adds, you know, that's my point about
1: Draymond being the big in transition. He, he can run. And, like, the, who's going to stop him?
0: I, I think right now they are unbeatable. And I don't think it matters if Kevin Durant plays and they've already ruled him out for game one, game two. I don't know if he's going to play in this series. I have no idea. Maybe he does. Maybe he shows up. I don't know. I don't think the Toronto Raptors can beat this team. And I don't give a damn about the two regular season games, one of which Steph Curry didn't play in. And we saw how the Golden State Warriors had a very difficult time of giving a damn about the regular season, even at times in the postseason against the Clippers. I mean, there were times in which they lose their focus. I think Durant being out has gotten them laser focused. And that's why I, I, as much as I love Kawhi, we talked up the Raptors. Now some of their bench pieces have stepped up. I think the Warriors are going to dismantle him, bro. KD's not coming back, bro. Even if KD doesn't come back, I think they're going to dismantle the No, I know, it's, but it's great.
1: First, he's not going to come back because it doesn't help his – like the, the whole – you know how sensitive he is. It's a very odd thing that's going on. He just answered the question, are they better off without you? It's very awkward. To their credit, Steph and Clay and Draymond and Kerr, they've all said the right things about KD. They're human beings. Like down low, they're thinking, see – See, yeah, yeah. We, we chose to bring KD in. we chose to bring the best player in the we didn't need in. him. We didn't need him. Right. Yeah. So I don't think he's coming back. And, and really what it all points to this, this, this five year odyssey, um, you know, with the LeBron and then KD joining and all this next year is going to be the most anticipated basketball season we've seen in a long time. Because KD ain't staying in Golden State. We can guarantee you that. And there's going to be a lot of movement, and it's going to be completely both conferences wide open.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's funny, and it'll be interesting to see where Durant ends up. Everybody thinks it's going to be the Knicks. Maybe it is the Knicks. I don't know. Maybe it's the Clippers. Who I I have no idea what's going to happen with free agency. But as long as the Warriors keep Steph Curry, which they will, obviously— keep Draymond Green, which they will, and keep Klay Thompson, who's a free agent, and they keep those three guys, they are going to be the favorites to win the NBA championship next year, and they should be because they're going to win an NBA championship right now in this moment Without Kevin Durant, and again, that doesn't mean they're better without him. It just means they can still win without him. And they we all have different. to.
1: You just did something we're all doing now. What's that? We all have to, we all have to preface it and couch it. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean they're better. No, no, I'm just
0: saying. Dot dot dot. It's no, like no. yeah,
1: I mean, but the, the system was the system. I tell before you why
0: KD got there. I tell you why I'm saying it. I'm not saying it to couch and I'm not saying it to make Kevin Durant feel okay. I'm saying it because that garbage is being uttered. That pollution of words is out there. I think you can argue
1: that the system runs smoother without KD. And then it's how do you argue? It's nuanced. How do you argue? Is the system better than a bogged down ISO offense, which is what made him great? 73 wins championship, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, but they're not better. They're not better with I know. (laughs) know. What are you? What are you his family member? Who? Kevin Durant? Yeah. No. No. Is
1: this this your recruitment to Brooklyn? (laughs) (laughs) No, I
0: prefer Kawhi. I've already wait. Hold on now.
1: A basketball team isn't better without the best basketball player on the. I mean, I I know.
0: know. Just a word about Kawhi and Kevin Durant's free agency. I brought this up on the air to Joe, and he's he was like, "Yeah, I don't know, bro. He he didn't really have much of an opinion on this." Obviously, most human beings who are world-class athletes or anything in life have big egos, right? If you're at the top of your profession, most of those people, men and women, have big egos. Is that a fair statement? Fair. Okay. If you have cap room to sign a max free agent, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, if you're the New York Knicks, if you're the LA Clippers, it's fair to say that you are telling yourself, oh my God, I would pee myself for Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. I I would take either one of them. But isn't there this weird feeling where to feed the ego of that guy, you've got to make them the priority. And if you don't make that guy the priority, you can forget about them. So if you're the Clippers and you're saying, look, Kawhi's our guy, Kawhi's our guy, Kawhi's our guy. And you go all in, balls to the wall for Kawhi Leonard. And he says, yeah, I'm going to stay in Toronto. Isn't it tough to pivot to Kevin Durant and expect him to go there?
1: Here's the thing, though. There's 400 dudes. These circles are so small. I believe they all know already. You know, when the climate, and the agent went on, like, what do you expect a climate to do? He's there to pump up his kid's value. He is literally uh, somebody that protects KD. I think they all know. I think everybody knows it's such a small network. I think they know what they're doing. And I, I don't think there's really much question. I think it's going to be KD, Kyrie, in right there next to you but at the garden. Oh, right. And <laughs> and I think I think why, see this is the crazy part that we as dudes sometimes and by the way you mentioned ego. We work in an industry with dudes, trust us, we know ego. Yeah. We, quickly on this. We, we work in a, with dudes where we sometimes don't parse out the feelings. Quite Leonard to think that because he Made it into, I guess, you know, NBA finals this year with Toronto. The fact that that would change where he wants to live, where his family is, the house that he's bought here. I think that's an insane way of looking at it. That's the way that we project and think, well, obviously he's won basketball games, so he's going to stay in Toronto. It's another country. He wants to come to Los Angeles and he's going to be a Clipper. You know what I mean? Like we oftentimes like dog will say this all the time. He'll say, well, I I think the fact that he got out of round two means he's staying in Toronto. Why? What does that even mean?
0: Yeah. No, I think it's more than that. You're right. It's
1: lifestyle. It's where do you want to be? Where like? And these dudes are so much different than back in the day. And they're 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 individuals that that view the game differently and view their circumstances differently. And that's why he's going to be a Clipper.
0: Now, I want to get to our specific predictions for this series uh, and the overall beauty or appeal of this NBA Finals. But first, it's very important to be smart when you go behind the wheel. All right. One thing I hear is, I don't have to put my seatbelt on. I'm just going down the block. Are you kidding me? You think that's an excuse? You put, I'm not going to put my seatbelt on. I'm going to listen to the ding, ding, ding sound in your car that's going to remind you your seatbelt isn't on. And I'm going to go drive down the block for three minutes. Well, while you're driving down the block, you could kill yourself. So be smart. Whatever your excuse is, it's dangerous to not wear your seatbelt. And listen to this stat. I couldn't believe it. In 2017, 10,076 people died in motor vehicle crashes because... They weren't wearing their seatbelt. It's very simple. No excuse for not buckling up. And I can't believe that 10% of the people in this country still do not wear their seatbelt when driving. Even with the ding sound reminding you. So let's be smart as you hit the road, whether it's on the weekend, during the week to get to work. Buckle up. Don't make a dumb mistake. Buckle up what you love. If you have a kid the way I do, realize don't be selfish and not buckle up because you're now on this earth for them. So buckle up, courtesy of Nitsa. All right, let me get to this finals. I think the Warriors are going to win in five. Um, I'd give the Raptors a game. I'd give them one of the first two games, actually. Obviously, they have home court advantage uh, in this series, which is still weird to think about, by the way, that they have home yeah. court advantage. Yeah. But I think the Warriors are too much. I also don't think that Fred Van Fleet is going to continue his hot shooting. I don't know if OG is going to come back. And even if he does, the guy hasn't played in two months. I think he'd be a big help. And I think the Warriors, they when they are clicking and focused, and at times we haven't seen them focus, yet they still won, won 57, 58 games this year, I think they are a freight train that can't be stopped. And so I'll give the Raptors a game in this series, but I don't think we're getting that classic NBA Finals and that classic ending to this story of Kawhi holding a trophy up in Toronto to commemorate winning an NBA title. So I think the Warriors are going to win this thing in five. How do you think this, How do you figure this series plays out?
1: I think it's pretty simple. I'll just give you a number plus 550. I'll bet $100 to win $550, Golden State and four. Is that really the number on the Warriors one? So yeah, and by them? the way, yours is interesting. Yours is plus 450. Golden State and five is plus 450. Now, that's pretty specific, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought, but this 450 as opposed to plus five fifty on the suite.
0: What's the six? The Warriors plus two fifty. So that's which the, is the most common out. And what's seven? Warriors and seven
1: plus five hundred.
0: So they are they're ranking it as six, five, mm-hmm. seven, seven four. four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I
1: get that. Now here, the, the one thing, I, the one thing I will say is, without Durant. That leaves Kawhi to be able to check Curry, which is going to be beneficial. Because no, th- I don't know who's going to guard the guards. Uh, the problem with playing Golden State is who's going to guard the perimeter all the time. Yeah, no, it's so, impossible. And so I think Kawhi eventually, you know, th- he's just so good defensively, obviously can guard the perimeter.
0: It'll wear him down if he's chasing I know. Well Steph that's the, Curry that is, You day. just
1: nailed it. You nailed it. The fatigue, go- Toronto is a bunch of vets has played a billion minutes. The leg is banged up. We'll see how we You'll know the series first half on Thursday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if he's good to go, and I think you're 100% right, it, I don't think most people even realize, wait, series starts in Toronto? Yeah, they had the better record. Yeah, you forget about that. And... I, I think they could steal game one if they do. Then I think your prediction of five is right. But I, I, I honestly, they're just I mean, gold I, I don't
0: think, you know, in general, I think home court advantage obviously matters. I think it's a big deal. It you know, does. We, we did it see does. we we have seen teams win a game seven on the road Whether there was Portland a few weeks ago. I mentioned my team. The Nets won a game seven up in Toronto, which is a very tough place to play. I tend to think that home court matters. I think it matters less with the Warriors. I just don't think it matters with them. When they are drilling their shots and they go, I've seen the Warriors, and and I don't know why this one game just jumps out at me. It was a random regular season game against the Philadelphia 76ers about three years ago. And I don't know why. It was a Saturday night. I was watching this game. The Sixers are killing them. They're up by 25. And okay, you figure the Warriors are going to make a run. They're a great team. They're going to make a run. They made a run in about three and a half minutes early third quarter, which is typical, where they cut it from 25 to, like, three in Yeah. three and yeah, a half minutes. Totally. And they're doing it on the road, where they're not dealing with the, the great energy of the home crowd. I think their blitzkrieg that they could put together, I don't think it matters where it is. They trailed
1: the whole Portland series. Every game they yeah. trailed in that series. It's just like anything in life, you get monotonous. It's like after that 73 and the change... I really just believe it's just conditioning, right? They they've decided now. Oh, okay, it's on. And once they decide it's on, especially with Clay being snub all all NBA, once they decide it's on, it's like the the regular season is a waste of time.
0: So you don't think if this series goes seven? Let's just say I know you don't think it will, but if it goes seven, you don't think we see Kevin Durant? He's definitely done. We've seen the last. I think
1: attempt. for. I think it's – I don't think it's – I, I think the calf's a little bit worse than people are leading on, bro. But I also just believe it's going to be strategic from his – He doesn't want to play. No.
0: Yeah, well, but why, though? Because if God because forbid – Because what is – how does it behoove
1: him if – let's say they're up 2-0 and he comes back and they sweep. It's like – Oh, don't Oh, Kevin, we didn't need you anyway. Pat him on the head. As opposed now here's the scenario where it does work. If they come back split and KD comes back for game 3 and he becomes the savior. Right,
0: right. He comes back riding well, the whole That's a
1: whole new story. My point is if they come back up 2-0, you're not going to see Kevin Durant again.
0: Yeah. I, I just wonder 20 years from now how much we think about specifics on championships. I think we just say he won this many NBA titles. He won this many with Golden State, this many with that. I don't think it matters as much. I think in the moment it matters. I think in the moment we, we parse it, we study it, we break it down. I just don't know if 25 years from now we're going to give it here is But here's
1: the, here's the bigger question about this team. Obviously, this championship, the debate ends about a dynasty. But how much do old heads and how much do people that are historians, how much do they really respect this Warrior team after this title?
0: Because they did it without Kevin Durant or just because this is another... Just in general. I think that this team is underappreciated in the moment because of their style. And I think a lot of old-school basketball fans resent it. They resent the threes. They resent... And I don't think they rely on the threes. I think you touched on it. They hit a million of them, but they're not do or dying the way the Rockets are.
1: Houston took more. Portland took more. No, I agree. I mean, you know.
0: They changed the game. You know what I mean? They, they were totally. the team that changed the game. And now other teams, I mean, the Nets take a ton of threes.
1: You know, there are a lot oh, of it's teams. Just a it's a different, your partner says it all the time. It's an outside in game.
0: And, and I think because of that, there's a resentment towards them. So how do old school historians view the Golden State Warriors? Well, they're never going to view them like the Jordan Bulls or the Celtics or the Lakers. Or the, the Lakers. Celtics
1: or Showtime Lakers. I get it. Well, yeah,
0: they're not. And I'm not saying that's fair. No, I agree. I think it's one of the great teams of all time. And I, I marvel at how they were built because they were built by Draymond Green being a second round pick. They were built by Steph Curry being picked where? Seventh by Everybody Clay Everybody could Thompson. have had Livingston. Yeah. Well, my team had him. He left the Nets as a free agent after yeah. he had a breakout year. Yeah, I know about that. We we brought them into this world as a Looney's as a playing role great. They draft well. Everything about them. I mean, yeah, come on. They didn't build. They didn't do this by tanking. By the way, everybody loves to tank. Let's tank. That's not how no, the no 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 in build. any
1: sport you build through the draft. You know that
0: is this an appealing NBA Finals or not really?
1: Yeah, I think. Why I think I think I'm I think there is a general. I think there's a. As far as Kwai, I think his peculiarness, how do you say that? Peculiarness? Peculiar, how do you say
0: that? peculiarness.
1: I think his oddness oh, wow. adds to the, the Drake stuff, the Toronto stuff, but I think the Kwai being weird. Adds to the fascination with them, and I think what he's been able to do carrying this team, I think it does carry over. That's a cheesy way of saying it, into a situation where it makes it fun. It's a hell of a lot more fun than LeBron and a bunch of dudes. Yeah, no,
0: I agree with you. I think that aspect it's makes fresh. it more appealing. It's, it's more just, fresh. It's fresh. It's still kind of stale because it's the Warriors against a team with a great player. And
1: no, next year is what we're this podcast when we do this a year from now. I think it's just going to have a totally different vibe because I think the NBA is getting flipped on its head. This well, time.
0: real quick before we end this thing, yes. Kevin Durant really is a New York Knick, in your opinion?
1: A hundred percent.
0: With Kyrie Irving? A hundred percent. A hundred percent.
1: I think it's – I've been saying – I mean, I'm in L.A. It's not like I have connections, but I know a couple people, and they're just like, oh, yeah, no, that's a done deal.
0: Boy, they, they've let the cat out of the bag then because it's basically been reported as being done for months and months and months. Can
1: I come back on your show one time? Can we just do a Laker podcast? Because i got good stuff for you. (laughs) as far sure What's (laughs) happening here with a once-proud franchise? I
0: I think we should do that. Late July, early August, during the end of the NBA offseason, we should just do a Laker podcast. I'm curious. Now, where does Kawhi end up? You think he goes to the Clippers? Oh, yeah. That's a Dundale, too? He's a Clipper. That's a done deal.
1: And I think bigger than Kawhi becoming a Clipper, I think the biggest revelation on this podcast is Evan went to Disney World with an (laughs) X.
0: Years ago. That's old news, though.
1: (laughs) No, I think he's going to be. Why? Do you disagree with my assumption on KD and Kawhi?
0: Um. I don't, you know, I know there's a cop out answer. I don't freaking know. I know,
1: but you have to just take a guess.
0: I mean, what's your vibe? My vibe is because everybody continues to say Kevin Durant's going to be a Nick, that Kevin Durant will be a Nick. I think Kawhi may stay in Toronto because not because of winning rounds, not because of that, but because maybe he likes it there. You know, maybe he's lived there and says, yeah. Why why
1: are you assuming that, though?
0: I'm not assuming anything. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm just trying to give you an answer. No, I, just, I know,
1: but that's my point about this. Is like, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. I have no clue, but I do know he loves it here sure. in Los Angeles.
0: I, I just, predicting NBA free, free agency is a fruitless exercise because we're not doing it based on any knowledge. We're doing it based on guessing or believing things people tell us. You know what Fair. I mean? Yeah, I no, it's when, gossip. You're right. It's it, wasteful. It's gossip. It's wasteful. We can predict a game because at least we're doing it, whether we're right or wrong, we're doing it based on things we've seen, Right. I pick Golden State to win in five because I've watched the NBA playoffs, just what I think's gonna happen. Doesn't mean I'm gonna be right or wrong. I think picking where guys go in free agency is just fruitless. Yeah, it's
1: just cheesy too. It's, okay. We'll just wait and see. By the way, I do know one player that's not leaving. If they decide to offer him a contract, Kemba Walker ain't leaving Charlotte.
0: He loves it there.
1: No, but he's also gonna get eighty more million dollars because he all NBA. <laughs> I know that's a so, super
0: max deal. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. For those who've never heard Patrick, you're hearing him now. You say, boy, this guy's a ball buster. He's entertaining. <laughs> He's on Sirius XM's Mad Dog Radio. What time is your show on?
1: I don't even know. By the way, <laughs> I had a fight. I, and I apologize because, well, this is how we, I don't just know. in our regular life, I t- we talk over each other. It's fun. But I've been talking so much because I had something that you and I both used to really like before the show, a five-hour energy. Ah. Oh. And I got to tell you, I am wired, bro. I'm sure. It sounded.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean Someone had to
1: bring your energy for the dumb
0: podcast. By the way, next week's dumb podcast, because, you know, occasionally we'll do instant reactions to wrestling, to the Nets, to baseball, to whatever. But we have scheduled podcasts, and the one next week's going to blow this one away. No oh, offense. Boy. Oh, boy. Because next week is a sit-down interview with John Minko of <laughs> WFAN. <laughs> We are gonna find out about John Minko's childhood. (laughs) That is we're gonna find out about what he was like in high school, how he got in the radio, and coming soon, exclusive, never before heard, behind the scenes WFAN stories. From John Minko. Uh, all kidding up. aside, I, that
1: is—I can't wait to hear the Minkman pod.
0: No, I—I'm I, genuinely excited. too. Yeah, he's,
1: uh, no, you've worked with him forever. You tell me, he's just such a guy, great guy. That's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun,
0: bro. I appreciate you Thanks coming, for out, having my friend. Me. I appreciate it. Patrick, listen to him on SiriusXM uh, Mad Dog hey, Radio. Whatever. You can listen to me and Joe 10 a.m. Monday through Friday. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.